1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is John Christopher Arp. He is a FinTech Evangelist, and he's also the managing partner at Holt FinTech Accelerator. John, thank you so much for joining us here today.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Absolutely. So you've got this this exciting new project happening, Holt FinTech Accelerator. Why don't you go ahead and give us some insight into exactly what it is?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this I was fortunate enough to come across a fifth-generation family, uh, all built off the legacy, actually, of Sir Herbert Holt, a very uh, wealthy and established uh, pioneer businessman in Canada. And so this family, through many years of finance and entrepreneurship uh, spirit, said, we want to give back to that entrepreneurship spirit, uh, not just in Canada, but but internationally around the world. And so they said no better way to do that than through, a, they know finance, they know entrepreneurship. They said, let's do a fintech accelerator. I was happy to do so. I've been working and supporting with about 100 fintechs prior, uh, before th- that, through various programs. And so we we joined forces and here we are, we're, we're, we're launching, we're in the midst of our application process. We have about, you know, we're looking and seeking the 400 best applicants from around the world.
1: Very, very cool. Um, so what are you looking for in applicants? You know, what's going to make them stand out for you?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, will be a combination of things. Uh, we're very early stage though. So we're, we're more or less in the pre-seed to, to sort of seed range, uh, sort of area. Um, some of the biggest things that we look for ultimately is who can we support? Who can we best help? How, who can we best accelerate? Right. And so we actually have a, a on our website, a, really awesome uh, network of advisors who are either fintech or one degree separation of fintech. And so uh, anyone who we think can best be uh, supported by them, we actually get them in front. of the sort of startups, we put them in front of those advisors and, and we see how they uh, interact and engage with each other. We get the feedback from those advisors to see how good they actually work. And these advisors are a mixture of financial institutions, venture capitalists, you know, or tech experts and service providers. Um, the second piece that we actually have, which I haven't seen anywhere else really, is we, we actually are fortunate to have an AI lab, part of Strategy AI. as an applied research lab who will actually assist the team. So after we have the network and we have potential POCs, financial institutions, we can help them build their product. Because we're very bullish in the belief that any sort of fintech will have some sprinkle element of AI as you go forward. Uh, and, as lastly the, the the piece is because we're all connected to all these v c s who have access to a fund geared towards seed to series B, we can actually do capital calls at this point through our list of partners so once we you know reach those milestones, we can you know help them close their seed round but set them up in such a way that would carry them forward all the way to potentially series B in many cases
1: very cool um so when it comes to to applying and and getting involved with the accelerator program. Walk us through that a little bit and what to expect.
0: Yeah, so you can go online and you would apply through our, our platform, our application platform. And so there's only 20 questions that I'd ask. It's not nothing too challenging there. I would imagine uh, all these teams from a startup already have the answers ready for that. Uh, and then we would uh, reach out to the top 100 for, for interviews at that point to see how they how they fare and if we think we can help them. We move forward. We get into selection day. And this is where the top 30 team uh, will be invited. We'll host this this first selection day in Montreal. uh, And there'll be 50 plus advisors there. And you can imagine it's sort of like a speed dating session. So no matter what, if you get to selection day, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to meet, really expand your network in the the FinTech space. Uh, And then from there, you know, based on the advisors and and how they all kind of fared and with, with, with all the discussions and what we heard from everybody and all the feedback, we select them and the whole program commences in September.
1: Well, this is all very exciting. Um, tell us a little bit more about your team of partners, investors, and, and the advertisers that are really going to help people bring their startup to life.
0: Yeah. So some of the founding partners that were there off the gate, I mean, obviously the Holden family, this couldn't be possible. if They didn't decide that they thought this was a, you know, they wanted to give back to to the, the entrepreneurship and syntech community. So with that, they're, their network is superb. I can tell you from from experience because of since I've recently joined this. I started April 26th, and I've actually felt that it's been this accelerator has been an accelerator for for myself personally. Um, the other key partner, uh, let's call them founding partner, with Strategy AI, and so that's where you know they've have already years of experience building out AI products that support different uh, commercial entities, specifically like those of the financial institutions. We have another partner, actually, it's from a, a past uh, hat that I wore. Uh, it was a nonprofit that I had started, and that's where we – it was called Form Fintech, and its goal was really to support uh, early-stage fintechs getting to the next milestone, so very much community play to support talent. And, and that will also be partnered to do just that, help the team, the top startups that are selected, find the top talent uh, so that they can you know, have the best teams in place to, to build their products and, and move forward. Uh, Other than that, we have many of this is on the website, but you can see a wealth of different FIs that that we're partnered with who are telling us the sort of problems that they're looking for. And therefore, we're already looking and doing this sort of matching with solutions, and the solutions being startups. Uh, We have a bunch of venture capital firms that are on there, um, those local and international uh, who who will be supporting this uh, as well. And then a bunch of other service providers, right? Because, uh, once it gets going, maybe anywhere from like legal services to, to uh, accounting services. Uh, and another area that we work with uh, is uh, two other companies come to mind, Montreal International. They actually help the companies set up and locate in Montreal because uh, in Canada, if you actually create a satellite office, you can get up to 85% of your development costs subsidized by the government. So they help uh, kind of set up these satellite offices, and there's a little secret with Montreal that some aren't so familiar of, but it's one of the hubs for AI in terms of the talent pool. Uh, deep learning, which has been uh, in development for 30-plus years, actually originated, started in Montreal through one of the godfathers uh, of it all, which was Yoshua uh, Bengio. And so that sort of network is how we, we work with different partners to kind of plug them into that ecosystem. Such
1: a such a great base to to really work with, to bring your dreams to reality. Um, when a company comes to you, where what stage are you hoping they're at? Do you want them to have just the core ideas? Do you want them to have some investors already? What's your what's your happy place with that?
0: Yeah, uh, so it could be anywhere where from let's say a couple of PhDs with a uh, wicked technology that's definitely been validated, uh, and so we're going to test a you know is this technology real through through our partners uh, and also. Uh, You know, is there a commercial use for this technology? Again, with our partnered FIs, Um, it could be that's as early as we would go. On the later side of the spectrum, maybe they're in market, right? So they're kind of starting to sell the product, uh, but they're looking for those growth levers. And and so that would be as as late as we would go. So anywhere, what I kind of call the pre-seed to seed, maybe bridge round, but that's sort of getting the the end of the, the spectrum.
1: And, you know, when there are people are coming to you, they're, you're going to be charging for your services in some way. So do you take equity? Is there a fee? You know, how does that all work?
0: Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great question. How do, how do we survive? How do we make this happen? Mm-hmm. So for sure, um, you can see us as offering, uh, we'll be giving providing investment off the gate. So we can give up to $125,000, which is available for investment. We do expect terms Similar to other accelerators that are out there, although we threw in one caveat, is that we actually are going to be flexible, and, and we're actually going to allow the startups to make us an offer. They're going to tell us what they think is fair. Of course, it needs to fall within a, a certain realm so that our venture math, so to speak, uh, adds up. But uh, we will be a little bit more uh, flexible in those terms, a little more founder friendly.
1: That's that's such a attractive thing, I think, for startup companies is you're always afraid of, you know, how much am I going to be giving away of our idea of our company in order to make it succeed? So that's great that you are flexible and allowing people to really give you an offer. That's such a game changer.
0: Yeah, thanks. Well, we hope so. We'll, we'll try it out. We, I can tell you that um from experience by working with the family that uh, they've been very fa- founder friendly and, you know, they found a way to always find win win wins between founders and investors and themselves. So that's what we'll go we'll forward.
1: And that, that feels better to do business that way. You know, you want everyone to be happy moving forward with something as opposed to starting off on a, on a maybe slightly uneven footing. This makes it feel very sturdy and, and like you're on their side.
0: Yeah, and that's a big point, actually. You know, in the financial institution world, sometimes when they're trying to work with fintech, it's about getting the best deal, Right. Uh, and in doing so, it really hinders the syntax uh, from future development, and then this deal sort of gets soured, trust kind of is kind of ruined from the start, and you're just off, not on on good proper footing from, from the get-go. So, you know, it's really important to make sure that when things are set up between all the parties, that the, the everything is properly shared for the value for which everyone is putting forth, Right. To ensure it gives it the best chances of succeeding. Like otherwise, it's too short-term focused. We're really in it for the for the long term. Getting involved at this early of the of, of the game, you know, we're expecting it to be sure. Maybe some quick wins, right? For for those who get some exits in a couple of years, but the vast majority of them could be a seven-year play before we even see anything that comes out of this. And that's just the nature of the game. So we need to make sure that we're well set up with the proper foundation from the start.
1: Absolutely. So. so- you know, working in this space, you have a, you have a bit of history working in this space. What are some of the things that you'd like to share with uh, these these young entrepreneurs who are coming through? What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making?
0: Oh, that's a that's a very interesting question. Um, there's always lots of mistakes being made, and those are those are what I call not mistakes but learnings. Right? There's, mm-hmm. there's no better way to learn than to make some mistakes. I think one thing that I would like to communicate uh, to all startups for that is to always remember to make sure that you're giving value to everyone uh, who is supporting you along the way uh, and to make sure that you are thinking of those win-win relationships as you go forward. Uh, The reason I bring this up, there is a lot of support mechanisms that are available for startups these days, and it's great, and I'm very happy for that and I hope that continues and that only increases because I think the future of our jobs will will definitely change and these mechanisms are are allowing that to happen. But in some cases, you know, a startup's memory is short-term. They want everything for free, and they sort of forgot how they got there. And so when they look (laughs) back, you know, how much did did, did the other players who supported them, did they get their sort of cut or were they able to get to, you know – what they needed to continue supporting the next generation of startups. Uh, I think that can hinder the startup in the long run because over time, those who it is, in many cases, a small ecosystem. And so, you know, you may be worried about potentially burning bridges or in other senses, you may just not even close your deal to begin with. There are methods to, especially with getting, if you want to do B2B sales, uh, finding a way to, really understand the value or what your customer needs and delivering that maybe even on the something on the short term to get you in there where it allows you to build to a bigger term a bigger scale sort of project uh, but making sure that you deliver value from the work go so that you can uh, you know increase your relationships and therefore increase the stake uh, that you that you earn with that potential partner so just be very just being very value conscious I guess. Making sure that everyone is receiving the proper value for for their efforts, uh, I think, is an, an important to take away.
1: That's some really great advice, and uh, hopefully, people will be taking that to heart because a lot of those things do ring true, and you can see it, you know, in retrospect for a lot of companies that haven't maybe thought that through entirely. Yeah. So, what do you feel like is the biggest change in the in the fintech industry over the last few years?
0: Um. I would say that the biggest change probably has been, well, first and foremost, the idea of the word fintech. Uh, that didn't, that word didn't really exist three years ago, five years ago. It, it depends who you ask. Um, so that banner in itself was a new way and a great and a great banner, a great brand that I felt really connected people and created this new movement behind it, right? Uh, internationally, around the world, this was sort of how it was happening. Uh, when that was happening, um, there at first there was a fear of uh, competition with the fintechs and the, the big financial institutions. And now it's more about, okay, we've moved beyond that. It's really about collaboration and how we can make more strategic investments into these, these players that they can better help us, you know, if I'm a financial institution, ultimately better serve my customer. So I think that has been the biggest change. Um, I could mention maybe one more piece that I would like to add is the idea of artificial intelligence, um, just because only in the last eight years as well, it's really um, moved from what we had with the, the long winter where AI wasn't quite doing what it had originally thought it could, and some people didn't believe it ever would get there. and Then the big breakthrough started coming out uh, and one of the biggest breakthroughs is actually how do you identify if a, in a picture if a cat is a cat um so it's kind of interesting how that once that was done um that sort of application that technology uh was quite evolved and opened the door for a wealth of other applications and so this was also finance sector it was no different, but you can also say that's in a lot of other sectors so the In the last years, I would say the the AI component was was a huge aspect.
1: And you've listed a few reasons why why Canada and Montreal specifically is a great place for all this to be happening. Do you have plans to expand uh, to other locations?
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, for the time being, we're just kicking off here for our first accelerator in Montreal and Canada and making sure that we have all the ties to make sure we have the best resources. So it's more of a proximity thing. But our list of advisors are international. So we have partners in Hong Kong, for instance. We work very closely with Supercharger. We're fortunate to have partnerships in Miami. We work with uh, Rocker Fuel as a key partner for us. So those lists of partners, uh, there's many more. We're only going to increase those amounts. I'm very uh, big on building bridges internationally and how we can trade fintechs, right, so that we can better accelerate their development. So there are times when I'm looking for fintech. So right now I'm looking for fintechs all around the world to join and help them touch down, in this case in Canada. But there are times where I say, okay, well, we have these fintechs. Well, they have a great technology. We need them to go abroad I we need them to go internationally. And so we look for those partners and those hubs that we can, we can connect to. Uh, over time, would that mean we may have an accelerator in other cities or, or would we you know, better uh, change h- how we go about uh, recruitment? Anything's up in the air right now, so like we'll see. We just were launching our first accelerator right now, but yes, quite possibly we could have. We we do foresee having accelerators potentially in other cities around the world.
1: Uh, That is so so exciting to be able to expand in that way, and just you know, what a great space to be in. You are truly in a wonderfully creative uh, space.
0: Yeah, I I like to think so. I think there's plenty of opportunities that are available. Uh, So I think uh, we're only at the beginning. Of this wave, I think, you know, the way life works in cycles and waves, and I think we're only at the beginning for this one on the fintech revolution. So I'm very excited.
1: And like you said before, but let's just remind our listeners, the best place if they have an idea, they have a company that they want to to pitch to you, the best way for them to apply?
0: Yeah, the best way to apply would be through our website. They can go to the hopeaccelerator.ai backslash apply. And I'll personally be reviewing all the applications uh, actually starting in July.
1: So exciting. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us here today and giving us a really nice insider perspective as to the Spintech Accelerator that you're working with and the different things that people can do to help their company succeed.
0: It was my pleasure, Juliet. Thanks so much for taking the time to discuss with me.
1: Thank you. That is John Christopher Arp. He is the managing partner at Holt Fintech Accelerator You can find them again at holtaccelerator.ai. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Future Tech Podcast. This has been Juliette Lamar.
0: You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.